If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. My name is Claire Hill and I am your host. Today I have Charlie Day on. Now, Charlie is pretty inspirational. She's not only created one business from the ground up, she's created three and they're still going. And I didn't realise that when I began um, interviewing Charlie. I knew that she had started and been um, in charge of and ran multiple businesses, but I thought that they had ended, but they hadn't, which makes it even more impressive. Charlie It knows so much about sales, but it's not that she's an expert in the selling process psychology. She just gives you the tips and tricks. It's not difficult to sell, according to Charlie. And I agree with her, to be fair. She there is so much wisdom in this episode. But what I encourage you to do is also buy her book. There's even more wisdom in there. And it is simple and clear and can potentially transform your business. This is an amazing episode. Hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to No Rest for the Vivi podcast. Thank you so much for being a guest and coming on. Thank you for having me. So, but I know a lot of people that are listening to this know who you are. Because, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because in my membership, I've got some people that know who you are. One of my clients knows who you are. And I said, Charlie Day's coming on the podcast. Oh, is she? And one, a really old friend of mine, good friend, is in your mastermind, Mel. Oh, is yeah. she? Yep. Yeah. We went to school together. So oh. lots of people I know know you. And I was like, right, let's get her on because you seem like a bit of a big deal. So, uh, and we love, you seem very vivid. So <laughs> perfect for this podcast. Well, I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> no way. No one can disappoint. No one can disappoint on this podcast. Okay. Um, but for the people that don't know who you are, who are you? Where do you come from? What do you do? And all that jazz. Um, so I'm Charlie Day. I live in Essex. I grew up up north, um, so I don't have an Essex accent, but I live in Chelmsford in Essex now. And um, I'm a sales expert. I harp on about sales all day long. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. It's what I do. Um, So that's what I'm best known for. Um, My business is called Charlie Day Sales. And I basically help other business owners to create more sales in their business. Um, I audaciously claim that sales is easy if you just know how. And I'm here to show you how. So I always say I don't know anything impressive. I don't know anything, you know, partial, different. Um, what I know is quite easy, but not a lot of um, business owners are putting it into action on a daily basis. And so I sweep in and show them how they can do that quite simply and have some really, really amazing results. Um, But this was not always the way for me. I wasn't always amazing at sales. In fact, I was terrible at sales when I started out on my business journey. Um, So if you are listening to this and thinking about turning off already, thinking, oh my God, sales, this is like my worst nightmare. 
I've been there. I get it. It's fine. It's fine. We can all be friends together. Um, so I started my first business when I was 21. I've grown three um, businesses from the ground up. And now Charlie Day Sales is my fourth business. And I just sort of fell into it. Wow. Fourth business. Yeah. Love that. Uh, so basically, so all of those lessons you learned there was no failing just lessons to be learned or every step of the way I love that yeah, yeah there was I, I mean I I went to drama school when I was 16 I lived in a tiny village in the middle of the Peak District my parents still live there now and I, honestly there is nothing going on there I, wow. I can't tell you nothing they love it I hated it <laughs> and I was like literally so desperate to get out of there that age 16 I left and I moved to London by myself wow. and I went to drama school from when I was 16 um, until I was 21 two different drama schools and um, my parents are very supportive and they obviously supported me on that journey um and at, at the end when I was 21 I started my acting career which lasted five whole months oh well done <laughs> And I was literally like, um, yeah, no, this isn't for me. Like, I don't want to be doing little jobs here and there. Like, I've got a lifestyle that I need to uphold yeah. here. And so I turned around to my mum and dad, who'd been oh so supportive of the drama school idea. And I was like, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. <laughs> and they were like, well, what are you going to do, Charlie? And I was like, that is a good question. And so I set up my own first of all, my own party company. So I went to children's birthday parties dressed as a pirate or a princess or a mermaid or whatever. And I entertained children at birthday parties. Um, that's That was my first business. And it was obviously very weekend based. So quite quickly, I needed something during the week. So I set up my own theatre school shortly after the party business and the, the two ran, ran alongside each other um, and I didn't know if it was like my 21 year old arrogance or what but I just assumed I like had figured out how many children were in the area what the potential was and I was like oh my gosh this is going to be insane I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up with the demand quite frankly that's going to be out there for me and my excellent drama classes which I have no experience in running and so I <laughs> got busy flyering sending all the flyers out to the schools and stuff. This was before Facebook. Well, Facebook probably was around, but I certainly wasn't on it. Mm. And um, and I got seven, seven students there that summer, seven. And I hired this big, massive theatre and 35 costumes and all the things. And yeah, seven people came. I was just absolutely mortified. I was like, this is horrendous. Um, but what I'll do is I, I gave a few free places out. So there was 10 in, in the end. I'll just do this. It was a week workshop in the summer holidays. And then I'll just brush it all under the carpet and I'll forget about it. Move on with my life and just do the party, find something else to do. Yeah. And so I did it. And I only I'm like all or nothing, as you can probably tell. So I had to throw myself in. If I was going to get through the week, I had to throw myself in and, and do it properly. And these kids, right, because they were between the ages of like six and 12, they weren't the sort of kids who already went to a theatre school. They were like the ones who hadn't quite 
gone to theatre school because they hadn't got the confidence or but mm. they always dreamed of singing on a stage and like everyone had to have a solo because there was only 10 of them so it's like <laughs> well, we're all chipping in here guys <laughs> and the parents absolutely loved it because their child was showcased massively and so at the end of the week all of the parents were like right if you're launching classes we all want to sign up our kids have loved this week and in that moment I thought to myself gosh it's been so hard to get these 10 through the door Mm. I'm not gonna let them go now but I made a promise to myself in that moment that I would learn how to sell and that I would get really really good at it and that I would become sold out and Mm -hmm. so that's what I did and um I, I did like worked for free for 18 months and um I built it up and built it up I was um earning lots of money from the party business because obviously that was very different you I just went and delivered the party um and I actually ended up building the party business into an agency so I had different entertainers um who I would farm out and then I grew the theater school um and the theater school still exists today I don't have anything to do with the day-to-day running of it but 500 students on a weekly basis go to that wow. theater school that I set up in 2011 and then in 2000 and sorry I'm going on here do you want the whole story absolutely I love this <laughs> I literally like I just love it I love doing this podcast I literally just get to t- talk to amazing people so no, go full on tell your story um so I was doing the theatre school I was doing the parties and then my sister had had a baby and she went back to um, work as a primary school teacher when he was five months old and she really really struggled to you know work as a primary school teacher and have her little boy and my mindset is like if you don't like doing something just stop doing it and start working for yourself it's very simple and she was like that's literally alien to me I'm a teacher I get paid by the state like uh, this is crazy so when she was pregnant with her second child I was like this cannot go on we need to change this because imagine now you're going to be going back to work with two children you hated it the first time you're going to hate it even more and so we came together and we launched a preschool class called phonics with robot reg which um, helped little ones to learn to read and write before they went to school. And because we needed to replace a teacher's wage and like quite quickly, um, we decided from the moment that we opened it that we were going to franchise it. And so after 12 months of running the classes and piloting the whole concept, we franchised and then um, we've now got 54 franchises internationally. Of phonics with robot reg and my sister now runs that oh my god you're well impressive <laughs> you're well impressive i love this this is brilliant i used to be a teacher and um and also i've been in other careers and it is that for me it was i don't like this anymore i'm now going to change so for me i totally embody that but the amount of teachers that i know obviously from still from being in that career who they absolutely despise it and I'm like well you can start up your own business like that's what I did I left you know it just 
like People you say stuck, though. they feel absolutely like they can't. Mm. and that was the great thing about phonics with robot reg because we were recruiting people out of the classroom mm. um sometimes i did feel a little bit mean because i'm like yeah. nicking all these amazing teachers from the education system but um you know they could work flexibly around their children in the same way um that alex had 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 that opportunity to as well but also we were giving all these children um the skills to to learn how to read and write and so in 2000 and yeah it must have been February 2016 I'm literally doing the parties on the weekend and running the party agency doing the theatre school after school and then doing the phonics classes during the day and it was mental <laughs> and then I found out that I was pregnant with my little boy right and so everything changed um and I we I closed down the party business in the end because I found it really stressful because like little seven-year-olds were you know relying on Elsa to turn up and when I ran the agency because it was all drama students who worked for me I was the, the final like fallback if you like but nobody mm. wanted like a nine-month pregnant Elsa so um <laughs> as soon as <laughs> As soon as it got to be a problem, I thought, actually, no, I'm I'm, I'm going to park that one. Mm. Um, but kept the the theatre school and um, and phonics with Robot Reg. And actually, phonics with Robot Reg was such a great business to have um, a baby and a and a toddler around. But then in March 2020, so how is this like the beginning of 2020? I decided that I wanted to um, launch a Facebook group because basically people would always chat to me about business, and I loved it. And people would be like, Charlie, can we go out for coffee? I'll take you out for lunch. And um, I want to know how to franchise my business. I'd be like, yes, okay. And like the team at Robot Reg HQ were like, you do actually have to come to work and do some work at some point. I'm like, <laughs> for the coffee and the lunch. And so I had this idea to create a Facebook group to bring all of the people who I'd met, incredible business owners along the way, um, together and share ideas and expertise and stuff like that. And so I opened that on the 2nd of March, 2020. And then obviously by like the 18th of March, mm. um, it was COVID and global pandemic and all of this. And so I started helping people to pivot their business and stay positive throughout the pandemic and make sales during the pandemic and all of those things. And I just grew this amazing community in the Entrepreneurs Growth Club um, that I then went on to monetize and I've got a membership. I've run courses on how to make more sales. I've got a mastermind and do in-person events. I speak on stages. I've written my own book. Oh, um, lovely. That's the story. Is that oh. okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's more than okay. It's like, <laughs> freaking hell. You show what's possible. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Like, do you find that you were, like, this mindset of, I don't, like, I'm getting the impression that through it, you've just sort of had an idea, that's what's going to happen. Have you, do you feel like you were sort of born with that? Or have you had to work on that feeling of, this is what I want to do, now I need to work my mindset to the point where I know it's going to happen? I've certainly had mindset flips along the way. I feel like um, my mindset's probably got worse with my age. Mm. I think um, when I was 21, I didn't know a single other business owner. I didn't know anybody who had set up their own thing. But then I didn't know anybody who'd left a sleepy village in the middle of the Peak District to go and move to London and go to drama school. People thought I was <laughs> mad from the get-go, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I don't think it really registered 
to me as like, can you do this? Can you not do this? I just thought, I'm Charlie Day, I can do anything. And it's probably only like later on down the line um, that I thought, oh my gosh, can I do this? I, yeah, I think when I started out, I was a bit greener and I just thought, I'll be able to do this. I'll be awesome. Why don't more people run their business? And then over the years, I've realized just how hard it is to run your own business and how resilient you have to be. I mean, some things that have happened to us, we've literally been on the floor and other people would have given up but I don't know if I'm a bit stubborn as well and I just won't give up you know I'm like no I'll do this until it works yeah and I think you're right with like I like with my mindset I remember like and I've spoken to like the the excitement of when you first start a business because anything's possible and at that point anything is possible and then when you grow it and you get to those I, I say to my clients, like, you, you need a certain set of tools to climb that cliff edge. And then you plateau and you're walking and you're like, oh, yeah, the view looks quite good from here. Comfortable here. Lovely. Oh, but hold on. There's another cliff face. Oh, are these tools going to get me? No, they're not going to get me up that bit. It's a bit steeper, a bit higher. View's better, though. Hmm. Is it worth, you know, like and you, you, when you get to those points and then you're looking back down and you're like, oh, it's a it's a bit high to fall from now as well as the fact the view's better but how much you have to change your it I I sometimes I wish I could go back to those first days and that excitement of like what's possible what's around the corner I'm starting something new to to boost me like using it as like rocket boosters to get you through those little mindset blips to get you up the cliff do you know what I mean yeah yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, the difference for me is like, I'd never, ha- I've never had a job. So <laughs> it wasn't like I needed to replace something. It was just, I was just getting something going, you know, um, and particularly before I had like my little boy, no one was really relying on me to do anything. Whereas now there is, <laughs> there is an expectation that I pay the mortgage and things like that, which obviously, and, and I think it's, those added pressures that probably are where the mindset dips come and you think gosh can I do this can I commit to you know that next level of earnings or whatever it is mm. and I know I saw on a, a Facebook no not an Instagram post you were talking about how um the being present and I can't remember the point but I just remember you showing that you go on holiday in the holidays the school holidays if you when your son's off and how that freedom and flexibility that you can do that and it's um it's that juggling of like I was thinking about this over the weekend because I've been I've just d- done a, a festival for my membership and done all this work and and not really been a, as around we go through these stuff like I mean I'm sure I'm not the only one where you're in massive action mode so you can't be as there I, I couldn't be there as there as as normal when you're going through these big bits but um I felt I was sitting with him and I my mind was on work but I was with him and it's not like I wasn't present but I was with him and I thought god I do feel a little bit guilty maybe if I didn't have my own business I would be able to be more present in that moment and I was thinking but then I wouldn't be able to be at every um thing he's ever going to do at school or be able to just drop everything we're like he's ill I just don't have to ring anybody because mm-hmm. I'm with him or so there's those pros and cons, isn't there, from it? But, like, did you find, I mean, I was all being a mum, like, you obviously running your business when you became a mum. Can you remember, like, the biggest shock of, like, going, 
uh, I've got to do all of this now. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just horrendous. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah. I, I mean, I've got so much to say on this. I've got so much to say. Um, first of all, when when did it become the expectation that when we are with our child? every single thing needs to be about them right thank you for saying that maybe my mum was a stay-at-home mum she didn't really have a job until I was a bit older so maybe when she was sitting with me on the sofa although not that I remember her sitting with me on the sofa ever even though she was a stay-at-home mum if she was thinking about you know doing the the laundry washing up cooking the meal whatever was on her agenda yeah that's okay isn't it it's okay for us to have thoughts elsewhere but I think the expectation on mothers in 2023 is insane yeah and you I wouldn't I wouldn't ever want my child to just be thinking about me like are you in this moment are you thinking about me and like you wouldn't you wouldn't present with me mum present right now look at me no yeah. look at me eyes in the eyes not around the eyes in the eyes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but, it, but it's bad and you know I think every single person who's listening to this podcast if you're a parent you probably feel guilty and I, I want you to really question why you feel guilty because yeah. everything that we do is for the good of our family like generally that's why we make decisions even if that is like I'm gonna have a spa day because I know that I'm a better person after a spa day and I don't want to get stressed and that will be better for my my family um I certainly found it a really 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 hard thing probably one of the hardest things um becoming a mum and because I did it that way around I, I already had the business um I I had my little boy in December 2016 and I had planned to do franchise training, our first ever franchise training, six weeks after um, having him because I was a business owner. Like I wasn't going to stop working. I wasn't that sort of a person. But of course, when you have a baby, as you know, everything changes. So um, Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, okay, this is not as I imagined it. You know, I just thought I'd leave him with my mum and, and be able to go. And it was really hard. I think I only went for a couple of hours in the end. Um, and I felt like I was, I felt guilty when I was with him. I felt guilty when I was on the business. If I was with him, I felt guilty that I wasn't working on the business. If I was working on the business, I felt guilty that I wasn't with him. And it was really, really hard. I couldn't really see how the two were going to co- coexist. Mm. And it literally took me 18 months. And I had this epiphany. 18 months into my journey as a mother um and I thought to myself I'm just not going to feel guilty anymore I'm not going to feel guilty I'm just gonna know that I am doing everything that I'm doing because I want him to realize that he can do whatever he wants when he's older he can create his own income he can create his own business if he so desires I want him to know that women can do whatever they want and they can be hugely successful and be mothers I wanted to take him on all these holidays. I had a huge list of places I wanted to take him. And at the time, I didn't really have any money to do it. And so I thought to myself, you know, there might be somebody else in my NCT group who wants to pull back financially and stay at home for the next five years. And good for her, but the same for me. 
we are on different paths from everybody else. And I even get it now, people saying to me, how do you do it? How do you do it, Charlie? And I'm super honest with everybody because I think I have to be. Like, I have loads of help. Mm. have loads of help. And that's how I do it. Mm. And people say things like, oh, it seems like you don't see your little boy that much. Or you always seem to be working. Or, you know, those things that you think, no, I'm not going to feel guilty about that. Because these are the decisions that I've made. And actually, you don't know. You don't know how much time I spend with my child. Because I'm not documenting every single moment of my life. And also, yeah, like we've been to some amazing places because literally because of the business that I've created I just want to say before we go I go into what you've just said I really love it when people share their holidays okay it's my favorite content it does not make me think I've got what um one of my best friends she goes on holiday all the time and I said why do I not know why do I not see more pictures she said I'm embarrassed to show people because of the fact that she can afford to go on these holidays I was like no 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 I want to see more of this what are you talking about it brings me so much joy to see people on holiday so if you're like you know like when people are sat- sitting on a sunbed and they're doing stories or if they're doing adventures and you know like I think you went to Lapland didn't you like all of these amazing things I want to see that and I'm sure there's people listening that it's like good for you I'm just freaking awesome you're going on all these amazing holidays not one bit of me is ever jealous I'm just like right when am I going to go on my next holiday so just for the record, share as many holidays as possible. Thanks. There's other people I literally just follow to look at their holidays. Yeah, and I'm the same. I yeah. love it when people yeah. give me ideas of where to go next. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, but there's, there's that kind of like, um, I know there's like an, uh, an element of showing off, but I'm like show off because you're working freaking hard. So brilliant. Love it. Um, But also that kind of, it is that that societal like, like you were saying like why has it can't become so hard I don't think social media has helped however the fact that social media is here means that you network like I would know probably not know who you are if there wasn't for social media and having inspiration so I, you know you can share one word on um, a piece of content or one sentence and it can tra- reframe ev- whatever that person is thinking in that moment but when you said, when you just said, like, it's as easy as saying, I'm just not going to feel guilty anymore to have that permission. And I was right. I was writing earlier about something else. And I was just thinking, I need, I require permission to do this next thing. I can give myself permission. You know, like you can, you don't have to have somebody, you know, when you're like, why well, am I ill enough not to go to work? You know, like, if it was, <laughs> oh, I have to have permission to not, you know, am I ill yeah. enough? Am I ill to cancel those calls with clients? And then it's like, yeah, I give myself permission to rest. And saying, I give myself permission not to feel guilty anymore. It's like, it's it's really empowering. We don't have to wait to have permission from God knows who to actually just go, no, I'm not, I'm just doing my best. I think lots of people are sat around waiting for permission. Permission to earn the money, permission to make the sales, permission not to feel guilty, permission you know, to do the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it's funny you said about permission to make the sales. What, and I mean, I think I've got, a, I know the answer to this, but why do you think it people need the permission or want the permission to make the sales? What does it um, mean for them? The biggest mistake that I see people make is not asking for the sale. They they think that, that just by 
posting posts on social media. In, in fact, sometimes just by like being on social media that people are going to know miraculously to buy from them. Yeah. But you're actually going to have to sell in order to make sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is literally as easy as like having a call to action or whatever. Yeah. But I, I find with some of my um, clients and one of some of the amazing members in my membership, I'm just going to say that you're all amazing because I know you listen to this and now you're going to think I'm dissing you, but I'm not. But that kind of like, oh, but I don't feel comfortable in selling. So, but you've got business. You've got to sell. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> That's the, the bill and you've got to get comfortable with selling, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you're not going to make any money and then you won't have a business. Yeah. Isn't it again? It's like, it seems so simple. <laughs> I told you I don't know anything good. I just know <laughs> basic stuff. <laughs> it's like, it seems so simple. Then it's like, but actually you have to say to yourself, I give myself permission to show up and sell even if it feels uncomfortable. So I, can I speak about money? Do you feel like that? I love talking about money. Okay. Talk about money. I love it. Okay. So um, as you know, I've ran, I've ran three businesses. All three businesses have become multi six figure businesses. But as you know, from the theatre school and the lack of funds for the first 18 months, they certainly didn't start out as multi six figure businesses. So with this business, Charlie Day Sales, I made six figures in 12 months. It's the fastest growth that I've ever had in a business. And so um, 2021, I made six figures. So 2022, I was like, okay, can I do multi, multi six figures? Well, yeah, absolutely. Of course I can, because I've done that. And I know that I can do double that next year. And so when I was coming into 2023, I was planning, financially planning for the year ahead. And I'm I'm not actually driven by money. I'm driven by holidays and holidays cost money. So I sort of need the money. But, you know, I'm not like obsessed with money or anything like that. But the the reason that I like to have a very clear financial goal is because part of the thing is I want to show other female business owners, female founders, what is possible. And so if I can go and make six figures in 12 months, so can you. Mm. I'm no different from you you're probably better because you know all the posh stuff and I just know the basics so going into 2023 I was like could I maybe oh my gosh am I actually going to say this out loud seven figures and I had this idea of what if the thing that's stopping me from getting to seven figures is a decision that I become a seven-figure business owner. And the way that I would show up as a seven-figure business owner would be different of that of a multi-six-figure business owner. And the decisions that I would make on that journey would be different. And the way that I would be intentional with my time would be different. But it felt really alien and really scary for me because I get six-figure business owners because I've done that before and I even get multi-six-figure business owners, but I've never been a a seven-figure business owner, so I don't know. And so it was just this really interesting concept for me. I'll let you know how I get on with it. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm only a quarter of the way way through. But I do think there is something to to be said. I'm not woo at all. So I'm not saying, oh, you can just hope on a wish and a prayer that and if you believe, then it will happen because you're going to need some strategy to help you get there. But I definitely think it starts with a decision. 
And it's the same with everything. Like you could decide, right, coming off this call at four o'clock, I'm going to go and I'm going to make a sale. I'm going to do that. Charlie has inspired me. I'm going to go and I'm going to make a sale. And you will make one if you've made that decision. Mm. Yeah. It's funny how you're saying about like sitting in those things because I went on a um like a, a mastermind conference thing in January and I sat down and I was with all these amazing women and the lady that was running it, she went, right, so seven figure turnover. And I literally shit my pants because I had not literally, I felt like the earth had swallowed me up because I was in a room of people talking about six seven figures. I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. Oh, like I got all sweaty hands sitting here. And then I realized I was like, does that mean I have to sell my house? Like, where's my son going to go to school? I literally, in the in a matter of 30 seconds, I'd gone from zero to 7,000 million miles per hour. And I was like, this is too much for me. And then I just sat in it and I was like, you don't have to sell your house. I don't know why that was a thing. It was like, does a seven-figure business owner own a house like mine? I don't know. They've probably got loads of, like, I don't know. I'm sure it's okay. They're still staying <laughs> in my house. Like, it was just a weird thing. But it's, even though... It sounds so exciting and like you're saying, like it's alien. Is it just the decision to go? It's sort of like you have to embody it first, don't you? You have to be, you have to decide you are a seven figure business owner before it's actually in the bank. Yeah, you need to step into that energy. Energetically, I'm there. Financially, I'm not. It's like, but I think that's with anything. I mean, even if it's not seven figures, if you're like, um, you know, I I want to turn over £2,000 a month, what does that look like? You know, money mapping. Like I've done money mapping with some of my clients because they've never, I'm like, okay, what's your what's your financial goal? And like this much. I'm like, well, what does that look like? Would you actually need to sell for that to happen? And they're like, oh, I don't know. So well, where's your selling plan? I don't know. What are you selling? You know, you know like, I'm I'm very much like you. Know, I have my goal. Work out what I'm selling. I know what I'm selling every week or month, or you know, like I plan it out, and I'm confident that I'm going to reach my goals. And then I'm deciding, well, I'm going to sell. Like, like with my my last group program, I knew I was like, there's six spaces. I will sell six spaces. I closed the doors. There were four sold, and I was like, I'm still gonna. I've decided I will sell those six spaces, and I sold one the next day and then the last one I sold 10 minutes before our last meet for our first meeting and it's like because everybody buys in different ways as well don't they yeah. like do you do much teaching about how people buy because I always in my mind I, t- I teach about prepared poolers and last minute linders <laughs> you know one of my clients actually was like I've looked on google I can't find where prepared poolers what it means and I was like I just pulled it out. I just pulled it out of the air. These prepared poolers and last minute linders. I said, you can, you can use it though. Don't worry. She wanted to use it in her content. Um, but yeah, do you like go into the psychology of the buyer? Um, <laughs> not really, no. I do talk about, you know, there's, there's different buyers and the way that um, people often put the way that they will buy on the customers and there's four different types of buyers really and we need to be prepared for all of them and we need to talk to people in different ways so people might say to me oh I don't do discovery calls but then you've got um 
I don't know, Rachel who needs reassuring. Um, <laughs> reassuring <laughs> Rachel, no, it doesn't work. Um, Rachel, she needs somebody to literally coax her over the line. Yeah. And that's okay. We can't just say like, oh, I'm not doing discovery calls. Rachel just have to bugger off. Like, yeah, 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 haven't yeah. got time for Rachel. Because the, the truth is you'll always have... Um, Paula's coming over the line straight away and you'll always have Rachel's and you need to be able to uh, the best salespeople can facilitate all of those people and recognize straight away um when they've got someone I mean I, I'm just I'm either all in or I'm all out I don't I don't dither around thinking about if I'm going to buy something I'm like yep yeah, let's go yeah or I don't yeah 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 and so when oh, I had a really good question it's gone out of my head what was it about um, by the way, I don't edit the podcast. <laughs> I don't <laughs> um, about buying... Well, it's I'm very authentic. <laughs> I just can't be asked. The best way to be. Yeah, can't be asked. Um, no, I've forgotten that. But what is it um when you're talking about sales? It was about sales. Oh, that's it. Is it because I, I find that you're you are confident in what you're selling. Is that in the confidence of the transformation that you are selling or just in yourself? Or is it like, a? do you know what I mean? Like the, because you are selling that sales are, is really easy, but does that begin with that confidence? Well, I mean, like confidence is a funny old thing, isn't it? Mm. Because you say I'm a confident person, but if you ask me to you know get on a stage and speak in Arabic I wouldn't be confident mm. or you know can you go and tightrope walk <laughs> I wouldn't be confident <laughs> so I, I think that ultimately the the confidence does come down to what you're doing and I think as a business owner we need to be so confident in our product or service and stand behind it with unwavering faith to the point that you actually feel sorry for the customer if they don't buy from you because you know the transformation that they're going to have if they do. Yeah. You know, even if that transformation isn't massive, like let's say you've sold jewellery, the transformations, you know, you can live without the necklace, you can live with the necklace, but actually you know that this necklace is handmade and so much love and care has gone into it and it's one of kind. You know, you've got to stand behind it and think, I know that my clients will work with me and they will transform the sales in their business. But actually they'll transform themselves as well and they'll transform their business along the way. They'll have so many changes, like they won't even recognize themselves 12 months down the line. And if I do a discovery call with someone, they decide not to buy for whatever reason, I think, gosh, that's a shame because you're not going to have that. Yeah. That's that's so true. I always say to my my clients, you've got to talk about it till you're a bit sick in your mouth, like because some people need to hear it a lot till you are like, have I really got to repeat myself again? Yeah, yeah, you do. Literally till the last second. And one of my members was doing this about um a piece of art. She actually made the what you can see. Oh no, you can't actually see it behind me, but it's behind me. And um she was like, I'm gonna sell one of these today. I was like, come on then, what's your what's your uh, strategy? I'm going to talk about it till I'm sick in my mouth. <laughs> I was like, that's it, Trish, don't, well done. <laughs> Go on. And then yeah. she solved it. It's like, well, it, good it, advice. Yeah, but people need, I suppose it's 
it and then that feels a little bit uncomfortable because then you think oh god I'm going on about it again everyone's seen it but they haven't have they it's no. not that yeah no I'd say to people talk about your offering six times a day in six different places Six times a day. I love that. And it's sort of like, um, and I know uh, you're a big fan of Lisa Johnson. She always, she d- said something that always resonates in me, like expect the 50 no's before you get the yes. yes. So always I'm like, yeah, it's probably going to be a no. Like, I'm okay with it being a no, because I know. Yeah, if yes you haven't coming. got a no today, you haven't asked enough people for the sale. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to go and say, I'm going to sell, going to go on my stories and see what I can sell. What are you most excited about that's coming up for you in your business? Um, I am running a big event in June called Supercharge Your Sales Live. Um, I'm having exhibitors, I'm having speakers, I'm having all my community coming together. And um, I've done events before, but it's usually just me doing strategy and speaking because I've never had guest speakers before um so this is going to be the biggest event that I've ever ran and I'm excited and where are you holding it um at the Belfry in Birmingham oh lovely so I did think you lived up not obviously from your accent but you're literally over the water from me because I'm in Kent oh yeah you're literally we go to blue water all the time do you over lakeside yeah oh yeah don't like Lakeside. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Blue Water is really cool. <laughs> it's literally like a 20 minute drive. No, not even 20 minutes, about 15. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Down south. So you're going up to, to Birmingham to do the event. I suppose it's like, it's central, isn't it? Yeah, my audience are all over. Um, I do do most of my events in London, but this one's going to be in Birmingham. Love that. I did an event in Coventry because I was like trying to find the central piece, like point of the country. And I literally did like <laughs> some postcode thing to find it. I'm not going to do, I love Coventry, by the way, everybody. I think Coventry is great, but I'm going to do, I'm going to Bristol next time. I was going to say that I can do better than Coventry, but I feel bad because Coventry is really cool. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, London is quite a good place to do events because it's so well connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, love that. So if there was something that you, I ask everybody this, you knew it was coming. I love it. I'm, I'm very excited about what it's going to be. Is there something you know now that you wish you'd known 10 years ago? Yeah. Um, concentrate on the sales in your business if you want rapid growth. How can people concentrate? Like, is there like, obviously it's, it seems so simple. But if no one's ever looked and concentrated on their sales before, what's in the the easiest way to do it? Well, I mean, the first thing I would advise you to do is go to Amazon right now and buy my book because it's going to walk you through the exact sales process that I use and you can use that in your business. Um, but what I mean by that really is like every single day, ask yourself, what have I done today to make more sales in my business? Without sales, you don't have a business. So you need to be selling every single day. You are a salesperson first and foremost for your business. And if you're going to grow and scale it, that's what you're going to have to concentrate on. And if there's somebody else out there overtaking your growth, it's because they are concentrating more on the sales than you are. I love that. I haven't, I've only done podcast interviews today, so maybe I need to do some more selling today. Now's the time, an hour of selling coming up for Claire. 
<laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Charlie, for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having me. Um, you you have been this impressive. Like, I spoke to Mel. Mel listened. And she was like, oh, my God, you're going to love talking to Charlie. And I have. So thanks. Thanks for being amazing. I hope you've enjoyed it. Where can people find you? Um, so the Entrepreneurs Growth Club is my Facebook group. Come and join, be a part of it. Um, I'm Charlie Day Sales on TikTok and Instagram. And I also run the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. So if podcasting is your thing, then come and listen to my podcast. Amazing. I'll put all the links and a link to your book in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Charlie. I'm going to do the fake goodbye now. <laughs> Thanks Bye, so Charlie. much for having me, Claire. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Bibi podcast, written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill and music has been composed by my brother, Phil V.